Hello and welcome to Jetstream, the podcast from Wellington College International. We seek to support, connect and grow our family of schools around the world. And today I'm really excited to have as a guest on the podcast, Mark Milliken-Smith. Good afternoon, Mark. Hi, Chris. Very good to see you again. Thank you for having me. Oh, great, a great pleasure. Uh, now, Mark has long-standing connections to Wellington College uh, and recently joined me on a visit to Wellington College, Bangkok. But rather than me tell you all about that, uh, Mark, uh, please do tell us. Um, you, you have long-standing connections to the college, which I'm sure people would love to hear. Uh, well, no, well, thank you. Thank you for the intro. Um, I do. I go back um, to 1977 when I first came to the doors at Wellington. I was lucky enough uh, to start at college then. I was there for four years. Uh, enjoyed all my sport and post Wellington, uh, I made very good friends within the Wellington community, particularly through cricket and my links with Wellington remained strong for many years thereafter. Uh, when uh, Anthony Selden came to Wellington uh, in 2006, my two children, uh, a boy and a girl, Sam and Kate, um, were in the throes, as it were, looking for senior schools. And although we weren't going to Wellington at the time, despite being a Wellyphile, uh, the ideas that Anthony had, and in particular the co-education, um, very much persuaded us that it was the right move uh, to go there. And we did. And to be frank, we never looked back. Uh, they left in 2013, 2015, respectively. They had very happy times at the school. Uh, it, I think, has made them, uh, shaped them into the people they are today, at least in part. And then a few years later, uh, it, it was a great honour to be asked to join the governing body. Um, and I wore the broad hat um, as an old Wellingtonian governor, uh, but that's developed quite considerably since I came on the board. So that's a, a thumbnail. Fantastic. And then somehow that isn't your day job as well. Uh, and you're very busy professionally with a new uh, post to move to as well. Well, yeah. So I'm I'm a barrister by trade um, and I started that in the, in the mid to late 80s. Uh, my specialities being crime and sport. So some may ask why they asked me to come on the board. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I practiced in that, took silk in 2006 for many years until literally last Friday. So we're in mid-December now, 13th of December, uh, and I've just been appointed to the circuit bench as a judge. So that's very exciting and a, a, a new challenge for me, and one in which I'm able to keep the various voluntary roles, which was very important to me, um, that I'm currently undertaking. Fantastic. No, well, it's a great, uh, great privilege to uh, have you uh, involved in the in the school and our international family as well. And congratulations on the uh, on the new post. Sounds very exciting. And you mentioned some of your other uh, voluntary roles. Perhaps you could just let people know a few a few of those as well. Well, my my two passions outside law um, and my work are education and cricket. Um, and the two areas in which I work tend to be focused on those. So I've obviously had the huge privilege of being a governor at Wellington. I've been a governor in the past. Um, at a prep school called uh, Amesbury, which is down near where we live. Um, I, I, I'm involved as a trustee at the Arundel Castle Cricket Foundation, uh, which is a fabulous charity where, in which uh, young people from London um, and more locally in Sussex, particularly uh, through COVID and since, uh, who don't have the advantages and opportunities of a Wellington education, in fact, far from it, uh, come to Arundel, come to the cricket ground at Arundel, come to the forest schools, and through initially the medium of cricket, are given opportunities to see a life they might not otherwise um, uh, have experienced. And that includes access to the castle. We have huge support from the Duke of Norfolk um, and indeed elsewhere in that beautiful area of the countryside. And there are one or two um, smaller charities with a focus on disadvantaged young people that I'm involved with locally. 
Wow, that uh, sounds like an extraordinary diverse group of, uh, of interests. So uh, thank you very much indeed for finding the time to, to talk to me today. Um, we're going to talk about Bangkok, uh, where we both had a great privilege of being uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you want to talk us through uh, arriving at Wellington College uh, International School, Bangkok, and, and, and how all that went? Well, having, having given you a rundown of my Wellington life and my Wellington experience, I, think, I hope it's clear already that, that Wellington is very close to my heart for a host of reasons, some of which we'll come to. I arrived on the first school day I was there at seven in the morning, 7.15 in the morning at arrival time for all the young students coming in. I can I can genuinely call them children. There were two, three, four, five-year-olds coming into the junior school. And as I, as I walked through the doors and saw this uh, array of colours, Wellington colours, light blue polo shirts, the oranges, the yellows, the blacks, I, and I hope I'll be forgiven for this, but I was genuinely proud walking in to what was clearly, at least at that stage, in feel and sight, a Wellington College school in Bangkok. To, to, to walk in, to see the joy, to see um, the vibrant, exciting feel of, of, the, of all the children arriving at school was very, very exciting. And to know that the um, Wellington values, which we'll come back to, I hope, in due course, um, were being lived through elsewhere was just, um, yeah, a real excitement. Oh, well, it, uh, it is a fabulous, a fabulous site. And we're, we're very lucky with the, with the partners that we have in, in Bangkok. And I think you spent a bit of time with, with them as well. I did, but I, I'd, I'd met Kun Chan last summer at um, Speech Day at Wellington here. Uh, and we, we, I like to think we got on, uh, got on well, not just on the subject of education. And so I did. I, I was lucky enough to spend the evening with both him and Kung Prao. And I, I really do think, I knew this obviously already, but we are extremely fortunate to have such committed, um, uh, educationally passionate partners in Bangkok who are utterly, utterly devoted to getting this school right. It's not a question of there being uh, many, many others. They want this school to be right. And I think you look at um, uh, Kun Prao's educational background, it's extraordinary. You look at Kun Chan's business background, his, his experience in, in the political, business and educational world, and what is self-evident, their personal passion for this school. And I was lucky enough to also join a, a governor's meeting with you, uh, Chris, uh, with obviously the master, Chris Nichols, and with Ian Henderson. And that shone through. And it was very good of everyone to give me sight of the papers uh, and talk so transparently and openly uh, about both the current challenges, successes, and future uh, of the school. Uh, and it, it, obviously, in any enterprise like this internationally, the importance of, of partners and I'm, for them as much as for us, it, it is central. Um, and it, it was really exciting, really positive. I, I came away feeling really optimistic about the future of not just the school in Bangkok, but any other um, enterprises they may in due course uh, uh, want to be involved in with us, uh, fingers crossed. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I often think that what we call the the Wellington fizz uh, at Crowthorn in the UK uh, is very much visible uh, in Bangkok. I don't know if there's there's more you can tell us about what you noticed about the the Wellingtonness uh, in Bangkok as well. Well, very very much so. It, it was before I um, before I went into college, I'd had the opportunity of of swapping ideas for agendas for my visit there. Um, I, I had two full days at uh, at the school. One was at the Festival of Education, 
which was stunning and to which we'll return, I'm sure. Um, but the second was a full day of meetings with, um, and I, don't, I think to say they were meetings puts it far too highly, a full day of conversations and chats um, with the master who gave me a fantastic tour, the founding families, uh, uh, and I'll come, again, I'll come back to them, that the heads of junior and senior school, uh, Hannah and Jim, uh, the students at lunchtime, and I think I completely messed up the itinerary by staying far too long with them. So to come back to your question, what was wonderful was to see in all the conversations I had with uh, the various members of staff and those whose classes into whom, into whose rooms uh, we popped, how they were literally living the values of Wellington, how every, and indeed the purpose of Wellington, which James, I and others on the um, uh, college board uh, and many within the uh, 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 ELT at Wellington UK were utterly committed to restating, um, uh, and, and I know is very much uh, at the heart um, of, of international of international work we do. Pioneering education to to serve and help shape a better world is is exactly what it says, uh, and to see the young people learning about Wellington this, but in their own environment with their own curricula. Um, but with the values that we try to instill and teach at Wellington was, for me, the most exciting takeaway. The colours are great. The house names are great. Uh, I, I, and those were fantastic memories from home. Uh, um, but the the values and what we are as, as, as Wellingtonians and what we seek to teach as Wellingtonians, I thought was the most exciting part of it. No, oh, absolutely. It's what we what we really look for is what's going on underneath the surface. It's very easy to sell the colours and sell the name above the door, but we we want to know what's happening behind it. Um, I think I'm right in saying that your role on the Wellington governing body is to do with social responsibility. Um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about the conversations you had uh, at, at Wellington in Bangkok, particularly around sustainability uh, and some of those really really engaging discussions. I was pleased to be a part of as well. It it, it was a it was a real pleasure. Um, what one of the briefly looking at what I do at Wellington, one of the roles that the, when I began, that the OW governor, as it were, did was to oversee the work of the Wellington community, which has um, grown immeasurably in terms of the work it does at Wellington. One looks at it and think it's just the alumni and servicing the old Wellingtonians. It's so much more than that. It embraces uh, all the social responsibility work we do at Wellington, which runs from the Prince Albert Foundation and bursaries to partnerships with schools, uh, uh, student alliances, uh, educational grants, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole wealth of work there, which began very much by individuals working in different areas and now bringing it together as uh, the community subcommittee sub I lead is the Social Responsibility and Community Committee. The sum of the parts is so much greater. Uh, and I think that's been the exciting part of watching that grow. So, the, so bringing them together was something I wanted to talk about in Bangkok. And I was ex extremely impressed, frankly, uh, by the work that was being undertaken at such an early stage in the school's history. And in a very different social context, because I, I, I don't obviously have an understanding of the environment there, by a, by a couple of the teachers, um, Beth and Tanisha, who I met there, who were talking in terms of the, the very ready assistance they give to local schools, to the local communities, um, to uh, emptying canals, to uh, helping with uh, equipment in schools or extra support in schools, which is happening already. And they're five years in with COVID in between. Uh, and we were then talking about the support we could give from Wellington to them, 
both in terms of advice, conversations and anything else we can do in that regard. And that then that then kicked on into conversations I had with Jane Forster as director of admissions into what we can offer in terms of support for the alumni or, or, or support when we get to A-levels, for example, because the school are obviously about to move from a genesis of their first IGCSE cohort uh, into their first A-level cohort in the next academic year. And the support we can offer in terms of quite a sophisticated uh, 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 Life Beyond Wellington programme that we have within college, and again, run under the auspices of the, of the Wellington community, it is universities, uh, it is careers, uh, and the whole structure of that which we offer, which we can seek to bring across. This is not trying to uh, in, invite replication. It's simply ideas which locally people can then utilise. And I, we've been lucky enough to have those conversations in the past. Four years ago, I was in China, in Tianjin, Shanghai and Wangzhou. And I know those are already, there's already exciting conversations occurring there too. But one of the things to finish on the social impact, which I, I stays with me from the emails I swapped with, with, with Chris Nichols, the master, before I went, when I asked particularly to talk about social responsibility, was his comment about wanting to make in this sphere and elsewhere a global impact. Again, because together we're stronger. And at the end of the day, we're teaching, I believe, we're, we're, we're providing a global education. And if we're not, we're doing something wrong in a time in the world where there seems to be separation rather than inclusion. Uh, and if we're not succeeding uh, in uh, educating children, students to understand the globality of their position in the world, then we've, we've gone wrong. And it's, that, that's why I was so excited about the possibility of linking all this together. Yeah, absolutely. It's inspiring to hear that uh, that insight from a governance level. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, in terms of global impact, um, we haven't really talked about EdFest yet. Uh, and EdFest now exists in, in the UK. Um, it's existed in Shanghai for, for seven or eight years. And this year, for the first time in Washington, D.C. Uh, and of course, uh, in Bangkok, where we were um, for the inaugural Festival of Education in Thailand. Um, I had a fantastic day. Um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about the, the sessions you went to uh, and what you thought of the, the process. Well, I, if you didn't hear me say it first time round, wow, it was it was a fantastic day. Um, but let me let me put a bit more flesh on that. Um, I've been to the Wellington UK, two of the Wellington UK festivals of education over the years, once before I was a governor and once since, uh, once when my um, uh, children were at, um, at Wellington. And I did wonder, I'm going to be honest, I did wonder how... Uh, difficult it would be to replicate that in a different environment. The, 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 the themes which were developed for the day ran from strands of EDI inclusivity through sustainability, through to the science of learning, through to coaching. The variety was extraordinary. Ian and Shane and the team did the most extraordinary job, not just to attract some amazing speakers, uh, and, and, and Jasser Alawali had gave the most extraordinary introductory talk um, as regards the power of mixed heritage, uh, as opposed to the, the other dynamic, the glass half empty, it, it being a weakness. He was he spoke about a lot more than just his background in, in, in that presentation and set up the day very powerfully. It, it, it was an extremely mature Festival of Education. One might have expected it not to be. I, I started in Anna Romero's sustainability uh, talk, uh, which I, I know Anna well from the work I do here. 
But you can hear a pin drop in virtually every session I went to. Um, Ian's coaching, uh, very much so. Um, partly because I was making sure I didn't say anything that might have en enabled me to be put forward as the as the guinea pig. Um, I, I'm I'm teasing in, but but in relation to all those who spoke, but 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 the best bit for me was this: it would have been very easy to have a festival education which was Wellington led, and and could have sound Wellington didactic. It so wasn't. The contributors were were from all schools within Bangkok. And, far, and from far afield, from other Wellington schools, from other international schools, from other spheres in education. Uh, and that was the huge bonus of the day, was the inclusivity and the team feel I felt from all the 250, Chris, attendees mm -hmm. who were there Absolutely. on the day, yeah. um, who, who really were there to learn, to enjoy each other's company, share experiences with no element of competition. It was genuinely about doing better by their students. Uh, and I, I that also made me proud. I have to see say to say to see Wellington achieving that far away uh, and and hats off to those who organized the festival and hats off to those there um, for allowing it in every sense to work as freely as they did. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a real privilege to uh, to be there and great to see so many aspects of the festival of the education in the uk did transport themselves to, to bangkok really really effectively so it was a great great success i look forward to uh, the second version um it's been a great privilege uh, being able to talk to you about the, the visit and indeed uh, to have you visit the school in bangkok so thank you for that um what, what's uh, what, what what's next will there be uh, a trip to pune in the uh, in the new year or uh, we've well, missed the world cup so that might not be the right well, moment. I, no, i've already mentioned my passion for cricket so i better keep quiet unless i give it away I, there was one thing I, I one further thing i wanted to say I, I did have the privilege of meeting some of the founding families um when i was uh, in in bangkok as indeed Although not to the same extent I, I did in China, and I would love in due course, if, I, if, if time allows, uh, to come to Pune, perhaps with a festival education. But the one thing I, I took away from my meeting with uh, four or five of the founding families was their commitment when they came into Wellington, which would have been, I think, for most of them at its beginning, to the very values that we aspire to. And it's that that attracted them, that and the passion that comes there from and the staff thereafter. And that which I am sure with them and those who are parents there now and to come will enable the school to flourish at an A-level le level. But I do think we need to be grateful to them for showing the faith they did at the outset. And now they're reaping the rewards. Oh, absolutely. It's a, an inspiring uh, way to, uh, to to end the podcast, I think. I mean, those those rewards are uh, are really exciting to, to see and they will be life changing uh, for those young people around the world. Well, and, and, and I, I've met several of the students, as I say, and I know we're running short of time, but um, that was an extremely powerful experience. Bright, um, positive, uh, educated, ambitious, uh, but, 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 but never arrogant young people from years nine to 11, um, which gave me a great lunchtime. Fantastic. Well, that's a good uh, a good point to uh, to pause, and I will uh, look forward to uh, your reflections on further international schools around the world as we're able to uh, able to take you to visit them. But uh, thank you very much indeed for your time. Oh, thank you, Chris.